0: welcome to reformed in public we continue with the reading of chapter seven of the rare jewel of christian contentment by jeremiah burroughs this work is considered public domain seven now uh, this is seven in a list this is in the uh, latter part of chapter seven seven for those to be discontented who have been very great sinners and ungodly in their former life For men and women who have much guiltiness upon them, the guilt of very many sins upon them, who have provoked God exceedingly against them, and have brought themselves in a most dreadful manner under the sentence of God's justice, and yet God having been pleased to reprieve them for them, to murmur and to be discontented with God's administrations towards them is exceedingly evil. Oh, it were consideration enough to quiet any murmuring in in our hearts, to think thus, we are but sinners. Why should we not be sufferers who are sinners? But then consider we who are such great sinners, guilty of such notorious sins, that it is a wonder that we are out of hell at the present. Yet for us to be discontented and murmur, how exceedingly this increases our sin. Consider how we have crossed God in our sins. Then if God should cross us in the way of our sufferings, should not we sit down? quiet without murmuring certainly you never knew what it was to be humbled for your manifold sins who are discontented in at any administration of god towards you eight for men who are of little use in the world to be discontented if you have a beast that you make much use of you will feed it well but if you have but little use of him then you turn him into the the commons little provision serves his turn, because you do not make use of him. There's a note in here, common grazing ground. If we lived so as to be exceedingly useful to God and his church, we might expect that God would would be pleased to come in some encouraging way to us. But when our consciences tell us we live and do but little service for God, why, what if God should turn us upon the commons? We are being fed according to our work. Why should any creature be serviceable to you who are so little serviceable to God? To meditate on this alone would much help us to think, I am discontented because such and such creatures are not serviceable to me. But, why should I expect them to be serviceable to me when I am not serviceable to God? That is the eighth aggravation nine for us to be discontented at a time when God is about to humble us. It should be the care it should be the care of a Christian to observe what are God's ways towards him. What is God about to do with me at this time? Is God about to raise me to comfort me? Let me accept God's goodness and bless his name. Let me join with the work of God when he offers mercy to me, to take the mercy he offers. But again, is God about to humble me? Is God about to break my heart and to bring my heart down to him? Let me join with God in this work of his. This is how a Christian should walk with God. It is said that Enoch and Noah walked with God. It is said that Enoch and Noah walked with God, walked with God. What is that? It is to observe what work God is now about and to join with God in that work of his. So that according as God turns this way or that way, the heart should turn with God and having workings suitable to the workings of God towards him. Now I am discontented in murmuring because I am afflicted. But that is why you are afflicted, because God would humble you. The great design God has in afflicting you is to break and humble your heart. And will you maintain a spirit quiet? And will you maintain a spirit quite opposite to the work of God? For you to murmur and be discontented is to resist the work of God. God is doing you good if you could see it, and if He pleased you. And if he is pleased to sanctify your affliction, to break that hard heart of yours, and humble that proud spirit of yours, it would be the greatest mercy that you ever had in all your life. Now, will you stand? Will you still stand out against God? It is just as if you were to say, well, the Lord is about to break me and humble me, but he shall not. This is the language of your murmuring and your discontentedness. Though you dare not say so, but though you do not say so in words, yet it is certainly the language of the temper of your spirit. O consider what an aggravation this is! I am discontented when God is about to work such a work upon me as is for my good, yet I stand out against him and resist him. That is another aggravation. 10. The more palpable and remarkable the hand of God appears to bring about an affliction. The greater is the sin of murmuring and discontent under an affliction. It is a great evil at any time to murmur and be discontented, but though it is a sin when I see an ordinary providence working for me, not to submit to God, when I see an extraordinary providence working, that is a greater sin. That is to say, when I see the Lord working in some remarkable way about an affliction beyond what anyone could have thought of, shall I resist such a remarkable hand of God? Shall I stand out against God, when I see He express his will in such a remarkable manner that he would have me to be in such a condition indeed before the will of god is apparent we may desire to avoid an affliction and may use means for it but when we see god expressing his will from heaven in a manner beyond what is ordinary and more remarkable then certainly it is right for us to fall down and submit to him and not to oppose God when he comes with a mighty stream against him. It is our best way to fall down before him and not to resist, for just as it is an argument of a man's disobedience, when there is not only a command against a sin, but when God reveals his command in a terrible way, the more solemn the command of God is, the greater is the sin in breaking that command. So the more remarkable the hand of God is in bringing an affliction upon us, the greater is our sin in murmuring and being discontented. God expects us to fall down when he, as it were, speaks from heaven to us by name and says, Well, I will have this spirit of yours down. Do you not see that my hand is stretched out, my eyes are upon you, my thoughts are upon you, and I must have that proud spirit of yours down? Oh, then it is fitting for the creature to yield and submit to him. When you speak in an ordinary manner to your servants or children, you expect them to regard what you say, but when you make them stand still by you and speak to them in a more solemn way, then if you should disregard what then if they should disregard what you say, you are very impatient. So certainly God cannot take it well whenever he appears from heaven in such a remarkable way to bring an affliction, if then we do not submit to him. 11. To be discontented, though God has been exercising us for a long time under afflictions, yet still to remain discontented. For a man or woman, when an affliction befall first befalls them, to have a murmuring heart is an evil. But to have a murmuring heart when God has been a long time exercising them with an affliction is more evil. Though a heifer, when the yoke is first put upon her, wriggles up and down and will not be quiet, if after many months or years it will not draw quietly, the husbandman would rather fatten it and prepare it for the butcher than be troubled any longer with it. So, though the Lord was content to pass by that discontented spirit of yours at first, yet now that God has for a long time kept the yoke on you, you have been under his afflicting hand. It may be many years, and yet you remain discontented still. It would be just if God were to bear your murmuring no longer. And that your discontent under the affliction were but a preparation for your destruction. So you see when a man or woman has been a long has been long exercised with afflictions and is still discontented, that an aggravation of the sin mark mark that text in Hebrews twelve eleven now. Says the scripture, No chastening for the present is joyous but grievous, nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. It is true our afflictions are not joyous but grievous, though at first, when our affliction comes, it is very grievous, afterwards, says the text, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those that are exercised thereby. When you have been a long time in the school of affliction, you are A very dullard in Christ's school if you have not learned this contentment. I have learned, said St. Paul, in every estate therewith to be content. content. Paul had learned this lesson quickly. You have been learning many years. Perhaps you may say, as Heman did, that you are afflicted from your youth up. Psalm 88. Oh, it is a very evil thing if having been exercised long with afflictions, you are not yet contented. The eye in a man's body is as tender as any part of his body, but yet the eye is able to continue in and bear a great deal of cold, because it is more used to it. So those who are used to afflictions, those whom God exercises much with afflictions, though they have tender spirits, otherwise yet they should have learned contentedness by this time a new cart may creak and make noise but after it has been used a while it will not do so so when you are first a christian a new and newly come into the work of christ perhaps you make a noise and cannot bear affliction but are you an old christian And yet will you be a murmuring Christian? Oh, it is a shame for any who are uh, old believers, who have been a long time in the school of Jesus Christ, to have murmuring and discontented spirits.